Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 podcast. This is Alex Rue of BTN, and this week's guest is former Purdue basketball guard Ryan Klein. Let's get into it. Take a look, listen, and enjoy. Look at here, look at here. With the catch, the finish! Oh, my goodness! What a catch! Oh, Energy, enthusiasm. to the interview with Ryan Klein in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor, Northwestern University's School of Professional Studies. You can build a solid foundation in the strategic, creative, and analytic skills that are essential for success in the business of sports in the master's program in sports administration at Northwestern University. Find out more at sps.northwestern.edu sports. Great opportunity for those who are looking to work in the sports industry to try to break in Maybe work at a place like BTN. Check it out. And now, Ryan Klein. I'm very pleased to be joined by a Purdue basketball guard from 2015 to 19. He's a March Madness legend as well. It's Ryan Klein. Ryan, what's up, man? How you been? Hey, Alex. I'm been all right. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, you know, last we saw of you, for the most part, was like I said in March Madness in 2019. Uh, update everyone what you've been up to since kind of going out with a bang. Um, and for those who don't know, you, you did hang up the uh, the gym shoes and retire. So what's your life been like in the last year plus? Uh, yes, I, I, I did hang up the shoes, uh, unfortunately, but um, there were a lot of factors that went into that. But right now I'm in a, an orthopedic sales rep for a company called Smith & Nephew. I'm uh, based at Indianapolis and uh, hanging around the Carmel area. So it's, it's good uh, staying at home and you know, uh, hanging out with the parents and the friends around here. So, yeah, life life after basketball is different, but it's going really well. I was going to say, yeah, quarantine and COVID aside, what's it like kind of being one of us average shows in the corporate world now? It's it's definitely an adjustment for sure, but uh, I I still get people recognizing me every once in a while and, you know, thanking me for, for all my hard work and effort that I put into uh, Purdue basketball. And, you know, that, that really means a lot. The community always reaches out. So, um, like I said, it's, it's definitely different, but uh, – it's, uh, it's nice to get into something that, that I wasn't super familiar with uh, in, in medical device sales, but I have a lot to learn, so I'm, I'm very eager. For sure. I'm sure, like you said, you get plenty of uh, recognition still kind of being from that area where little you grew bit, up. Bit, yeah. yeah, and, you know, obviously a basketball-hungry state. Um, for real, though, do you, like, miss, miss the game now being uh, quite a bit removed from it? And how difficult was that decision to, to let it go and, and – as that commercial says, turn pro in something other than sports. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I miss it like crazy, to be honest. Uh, it, was, it was so much fun. It was, it was such an awesome ride. And, uh, you know, just, there's so many people I've met along the way and so many awesome teammates. The coaches were um, incredible to me, and, and we still have uh, a connection. We talk every once in a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, just it, like you said, it's, it's different. And, um, you know, I, I, I got to thank Purdue for, for everything that they did for me because uh, get, getting an education from there sets me up for the rest of my life. So um, it's, uh, it, it, and like I said earlier, it's good to kind of hang around here and um, hang around old friends and, you know, people that, that know me as, you know, Ryan Klein, the person, not the basketball player. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going well on my end. I'm sure embers from your career will flare up every once in a while. And Purdue fans will know what I'm talking about, I think, with this next question. 
Um, how many texts did you get uh, a few weeks ago when Dan Dockich mixed you up with Ryan Smith during the, the TBT? Because he, even I was watching and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think Ryan Klein's playing in this anymore. And that's definitely yeah. not him coaching. So what was the deal with that? Yeah, so uh, I, I actually did get a bunch of texts and it was so funny because um, he, uh, he, he lives around that, that little lake. He's, he said something about if I'm hanging out on a couch in Geist or Carmel or whatever. Um, I, I wanted to tell him, hey, man, I'm, I'm paying the bills. So, you know, I, I got to work just like everybody else. But um, I, I did plan on, on playing in the TBT. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out just because they moved to two straight weeks and not, I think, like three or four consecutive weekends, which would have been fine with me for work. But um, I just I, I don't think I could have taken off that much time and just didn't really feel comfortable with the stage I'm at with work, you know, having to having to train a lot and, and follow my coworkers around to different hospitals. Um, I, I just didn't really feel very comfortable taking, taking off a week and a half, two weeks of work, but um, I, I really wish I had played in it. It looks like an awesome event. And, uh, and, and having Dockage still mentioning me a little bit is, is definitely hilarious. And, uh, and, and he credited me after that Tennessee game. He said that was the best shooting performance he had ever seen. So that's, that's pretty exciting stuff coming from a guy like him. Yeah, let's get right into that, actually, because obviously I was going to ask you about that game, um, kind of the, the capstone of your career, that performance, the game everyone talks about, you know, even average college basketball fans will think of you when they, they think of that 27-point performance against Tennessee in the Sweet 16, uh, 7 for 10 on threes, 22 points in the second half, I believe. How does it feel to be in the zone just on that stage with that much on the line? Oh, I mean, it's incredible. You know, it's it's something that you know, after the fact, no one can take that away from you. Uh, like you said, I was getting, you know, uh, I mean, from the, from the dockage, I was, dockage thing, I was getting a bunch of texts, but I mean, I've never had my phone blow up like crazy before, before that game. And, um, you know, it's just so exciting. Like you said, you're in the zone and people are, people are asking me after, you know, what, what are you thinking about during something like that? And just, I just tell them that I'm not, you know, it's, it's all the hours that I put in, um, all the hours that, everyone around me helped me put in and um, you know I, I can't just give the credit to myself I got to give it to my teammates and and everyone else that that made it happen but you, you're right I was I was in the zone that game I, I was feeling pretty dang good and um, it, everything that left my hand in the second half I thought was going in. I was gonna say I think it was one of the last threes you buried I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about but when you hit kind of the smooth step back crossover uh, you know into just buckets I, I kind of knew all right this guy's like on another planet right now it's an unconscious thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I still remember the, the look on my face um, just kind of backpedaling down the court. You know, it's just – it's something that you're, you're just determined to, to do all you can to help your team win. And, you know, just that night it, it happened to fall for me. And it was something that was so exciting for my friends and family, you know, not just me. I mean, I, I had a bunch of people in the stands out there supporting me. So, it was just – it was such an incredible experience. And like I said, something that no one can take away from me and – and uh, in Purdue basketball. You kind of touched on it for a moment there, and it leads perfectly into my, my follow-up question. But I, like you said, your phone's blowing up after that game. Who was maybe the biggest or, like, most unexpected name to hit you up and reach out to you? Uh, I, I know I had Kyle Kuzma tweeting at me, uh, Mark Ingram. Um, I, Donovan Mitchell and I uh, actually met. During, uh, during this three-point and slam dunk contest that they had at Carmel High School, um, which was an incredible coincidence. Um, we, uh, we, we started following each other through social media on that, and we've, we've always kept up with each other. So uh, 
Um, I mean, he's a good guy. I'm happy for his success in the NBA. You know, he's doing incredible things out in Utah. But, um, you know, j just guys like that, a, lot, a bunch of professional athletes. And um, it, it was it was way cooler also just to hear from people that I haven't heard from in a while. Just, just you know, like I even had a couple old high school teachers that, that had my uh, Twitter or whatever DMing me and saying, like, that was so awesome that they were watching. And, you know, it, it's, it's all the little people that I met along the way. I shouldn't say little people, but all the other people that I met along the way, you know, they they even got a thrill from from watching my success, which really means a lot. So what was it like to go from, you know, that high in the same weekend to a valley against Virginia where you guys for a while looked like it was in the bag? Um, you know, for me, I thought it was a wrap when when Edwards hit the the bank three to go up to. And then and then Kyle Guy definitely uh, when he stepped on the line, I was like, you know, Purdue's got this. So. Just what was it like for that swing of emotions to happen in the same weekend, especially when for you it was it was your last ride? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's something that that you're always thinking. You know, what there's so many what ifs to to the game, and um, you know, it, it doesn't just come down to what happened in the last you know two minutes or in overtime. It's it's what happened in the previous you know 38 minutes. I mean, it's uh it's it's something that there were a lot of mistakes made, a lot of things that, that could have gone their way that went our way and vice versa. And, you know, it's, it's, it was really tough, obviously, um, especially having, you know, like uh, a bunch of people all in your face after and, and asking you questions. And, um, you know, it, it's just tough going from that high of a high to that low of a low um, after a game like that on a, on a national stage competing to be in a final four, you know, but I, I mean, like I said, that, that Tennessee game was awesome. We would have loved to have had that Virginia game, but um, we uh, we we put Purdue on on the map and we got into an Elite Eight game for the first time since 2000. So I I don't have any regrets. I'm I'm happy that that we I shouldn't say I'm happy, but um, it's it's pretty cool that that we lost to the team that ended up winning the whole thing. But uh, like I said, the the ball could have bounced you know our way a couple other times and. The, the game could have had a different outcome and the national championship could have had a different outcome, but you, you can't dwell on the what ifs. You just gotta, you just gotta realize all, all the memories that you made during, during my, all the memories I've made during my time there. And, um, and it, you just gotta kind of take them and run. Yeah. I was going to say, it wasn't just you guys that Virginia pulled a miracle against. I mean, they had that corner three in the final four that, that the game looked like it was over. Um, and then in the national championship, they were down, I think, almost double digits and mm -hmm. and still pulled it out in, in OT. Uh, just now that you have this distance between the end of that season to today, you know, a year plus, do you reflect with a different perspective at all? Because just looking back on that run, it was incredible from you guys winning the, the Big Ten title to Carson Edwards basically, you know, making a name for himself with his incredible run, like putting himself up with Seth Curry and, and you obviously mm – -hmm. Uh, just what's the perspective like now that you've had some time to dwell on it? I mean, it, it's, it's more or less the same perspective for me. Um, you know, it's, it's just like I keep saying, you know, the, the, the ball could have bounced, you know, a number of different ways in that game. Um, but it's, it, it's just all the things that, that that team specifically that year had to, had to conquer so many different obstacles um, you know, we started off six and five, you know, su super average, you know, middle of the pack in the Big Ten. And then we, uh, we, we go into Wisconsin and finally get a big road win. We, uh, we, we had a couple in the bag. There was one at Florida State where, where we should have won. I got fouled. It was 
crazy call, crazy jump ball call. Um, but we, we really hadn't had that one big road win. And it, after we got after we got past Wisconsin in Wisconsin, that was kind of the turning point. And we all kind of looked at each other and we were all thinking the same thing, like, hey, we can be really, really good. And uh, and look at us. We <laughs> we ended up winning a Big Ten title that year. And and everyone had us middle to bottom of the pack. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just it, it's funny how things work out. Obviously, you know, we, we would have liked to have had a different outcome in the tournament. Um, but I'm I, I'm happy that that we uh, that we you know got past Old Dominion in the first round. Got we smoked Villanova in the second round. No one remembers that. You know, defending national champions. Um, we, we go in and just we we're making everything, and we're we're, we're making them look like you know a, a totally different team than last year. So um, th there's so many awesome things to take away from it that that I don't even dwell on. You know that loss. I mean, it's it obviously hurts, and it, it would have been something that would have been, you know, even better than great. I don't know what that is, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking away a lot of awesome things from, from that season and those teammates that I got to share with. Yeah, Purdue basketball, you know, remains a national brand and, and an important program, uh, largely because of what you guys were able to do to keep that momentum going. And when a guy like Matt Painter speaks now on an issue, you know, it, it reverberates nationally. So even since you've been gone, uh, even since the off season, he came out when Nogel Eastern and Matt Harms mm -hmm. transferred and had some impactful statements. So what was your reaction just hearing that from afar and, you know, with, with Painter kind of keeping it a hundred with, with everybody in the college basketball community, what did you think about his comments on guys leaving and the whole just transfer concept in general? No, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I, uh, I, actually listened to it um, on the Dockage show. I, I listened to the Dockage show. I like Dan Dockage. I think he's, he's like Painter in the sense that, that he keeps it 100, as you were saying. And, um, you know, it's, it's just something that you would never expect a guy like Coach Painter to really come out and say things like that because he's more of a conservative guy. He doesn't really care about the media. I shouldn't say really care, but, you know, he, uh, he, he's more worried about you know, winning than, than talking to the media before or after games or, you know, whatever in between practices. So, uh, so it was, it was a little shocking for him to come out and say that, but I thought every single point that he made was valid, more than valid. He, uh, he, he touched on the points that, you know, if, if you want to make it to the NBA, why don't you make the, the big 10, you know, the all big 10 team first, you know, you're, you're not going to, I would say what, like two, two to five percent of guys that transfer end up doing better than they were at their previous school. That's just an estimate. That's I don't know for sure, but um, you know he, he he had so many insightful points and things that he preached to us every single day. And he he's a guy that I will never have a bad thing to say about because he cared about us more than more than just guys that played for him. You know, he, he wants guys to be successful after college. And, you know, he still keeps up, keeps in touch with me and, you know, texts me every once in a while and just asks how I'm doing. So that, that's just the type of guy he is. And him going out and saying something like that is, is really has to kind of let everyone else in the, in the community, in the basketball community know that, that there's a problem that's, that's going on in the NCAA and, and it needs to be fixed because he's, he's, like I said, he, he's not a guy that just goes out and, and expresses his opinion. But when he does, you should probably listen. Yeah, and if there's one thing about Matt Painter that you can't question, it's his loyalty and integrity, and he's shown it, you know, like you said, throughout the years. 
proven it. No question. Um, just out of curiosity, I, I want to know um, throughout your career, what, what was the more satisfying conference championship? Um, as a sophomore, I believe it was, you guys clinched against IU, uh, which is just, you know, I can't imagine it gets much sweeter than that. But then, like you, you talked about it earlier, you guys grind through some rough patches your senior year and, and emerged on the other side as conference champs. You also played a bigger role in that team. So which was more yeah. satisfying and why? Well, well, it's funny you say, you know, I, I played a little bit bigger role in that team. So, you know, personally and maybe a little selfishly, that was, that was probably my favorite just because, like I said, you know, people really didn't pay much attention to, to Purdue that year. And, you know, they, they ended up paying attention towards the end of the season. So um, that, that was probably, you know, my, my favorite because, you know, we, we ended up doing a lot better than people had expected us to do. But on, on the other side, I don't know when the next time – will will be available for for Purdue to be able to beat IU at home for a Big Ten championship you know it, it doesn't get any better than that I mean the the rivalry is the best in the country in my opinion you know you got Duke and North Carolina up there you know teams like that but there's there's nothing like a, a Purdue Indiana rivalry and those those Indiana high school ba high school basketball teams and you know it just it's it's so real growing up here in Indiana playing basketball and just listening to all the IU Purdue rivalry stories growing up. I mean, there's, there's not going to be another time or for, for a while at least that Purdue's going to have that opportunity. And that was incredibly special. Definitely. Well, Ryan, you've been generous with your time before we wrap up. I do want to uh, do a little thought exercise with you. We, we tend to do something like this with a lot of the guests that mix it up, have a little fun. Uh, so I look back at the shooting guards from your era on Purdue, and I'm going to have you assign them categories like w which of the guys has the best shot, handles, defense, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, the guys that I was able to list were uh, yourself, Dakota Mathias, Sasha Stefanovic, and uh, Spike Albrecht, who's been on the show several times, fr uh, friend of mine. And mm -hmm. then Kendall Stevens was there as well. So if there's anyone I left out, feel free to inject them in. I did not put Carson Edwards in the mix because – of his uh, success, you know, okay. exactly. So we want to, we want to make it a little interesting. So let's start with the best, uh, just best stroke, best shot overall um, from the shooting guard position during your career. Um, I mean, I definitely didn't have the best looking shot, but man, did my balls go in sometimes. I mean, there, there'd be times where I'm in the zone. You know, I, I remember there were times where, you know, Dakota was too. I remember we played Maryland at home. I mean, that first half from Dakota was, you know, was, was something something out of a movie. I mean, he was just feeling it. Dickie B was on the call. I'll never forget it. Um, he's, he's, you know, he, he works super hard. He's playing for, for, uh, for Dallas's G league team. He's going to get an NBA contract soon. You know, he, he's just been working his butt off. Um, I would say defensively Dakota was the best. Um, that was definitely not my strong suit. I can barely guard the screen door behind me. Um, it's uh, it's, it's something that you really don't think about, especially because you guys are just competing for spots. Um, but it, I mean, if I had to list it, I would say I was the best shooter. I know Dakota and Kendall will, will probably uh, roast me for that if they, they end up hearing this. Um, D Dakota was an incredible defender. I mean, I, I was made so much better by going up against him every day in practice. And that really set me up for my senior year. Um, and I, I'd say between us four or five, uh, Spike, Spike probably had the best handles for, for a guy that doesn't move very quick. He, he doesn't move very quick, but, um, he, he could really handle the ball and his, his decision-making was, 
was, you know, fantastic. I, I would also put my decision-making kind of um, up there with him. I, I thought I was pretty good. I think I have one of the best assist to turnover ratios in Purdue history. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Dakota, I'm, I'm, I was a better shooter than you. Dakota's also been on a couple of times. So maybe, you know, maybe he does listen. We'll see. Uh, yeah, maybe about, he does. Maybe he does. How about, uh, how about speed, overall speed? Or quickness? Oh, oh well, uh, Kendall definitely takes the cake there. Um, <laughs> me, me, Spike, and Dakota were not known for our speed or agility. Um, ask ask uh, Josh Bonatal, who was our uh, who was our strength and conditioning guy for a couple of years until uh, until Gav took over. But um, yeah, I mean that's that's definitely not the reason why I was recruited to go to Purdue was because my speed. That's for sure. <laughs> Last category, it's the old cliche: the coach on the floor. Who who was who would that be out of that group? Um, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I. I would personally say um, leading by example would be Dakota. Um, I would say verbally, uh, I would I would pick myself. Um, I'm I, I feel like I'm pretty good at at talking to the guys and you know kind of realizing how how they handle criticism. You know, do they need to be yelled at? Do they need to you know be pulled off, pulled off to the side and just talk to you for a second? Um, but I, I would personally put put myself as as kind of the the coach on the floor, um, if you will, during my time playing there, especially my senior year. I didn't really have a lot of say my junior year because we had a lot of good players and we had Isaac and Vince and PJ and Dakota, you know, their class was incredible. But um, I, I would say my last year, I'd, I'd have to give myself that one. It's a bad omen for Spike, man. He's trying to get in the coaching game. He's at Louisville now and he can't even get the coach on the floor in hey. his own group. <laughs> well, he uh he he was um he he was a little newer to the program you know he he was only there for one year, um but uh but he he came in and and fit right in I mean he he was working hard he was he was uh recovering from his his hip surgeries I mean you know obviously that's that's a that's a tough tough look for you know a guy that's twenty two twenty three years old still trying to play um we uh we, we had to be careful to to monitor Spike and and how his how his um, old man body was moving at the time. I'm just giving him a hard time, and you know, I, I'm sure it'll work out well for him. There's another another guy in our category. I forgot about him almost because uh, I guess I didn't conflate your guys' two eras. But I mean, Vince, is Vince Edwards? He'd be a shooting guard, right? And during his days, yeah, he, he was probably uh, he played a little bit of four actually. He was more yeah, he was a, four. He was versatile. Yeah, so he, he was. He he was uh he was decisively quick. He he looked like he was moving in slow motion, but boy, could you get to the basket? For sure. Um, before I let you go, Ryan, the last question. Uh, I try to wrap up every show with something light, and in this case, I got to ask you about your favorite food spots in in West La. Um, you know, I, obviously, one that jumps out to me just as a visitor there is Triple X and like the Dwayne Purvis. I don't know if you're a fan of that. Uh, Bruno Bruno Doe is another great spot, but I need to hear what your favorite restaurants and food spots are at Purdue. Man, I'm not a I, I'm not like a super. I, I'm more of a generic kind of guy. They they just got a Brew Burger down there, and uh, and they have one in Carmel, and I think Brew Burger is just the best. I, I've actually never been able to go to go to the one in West Lafayette, um, but I, I'd put that up there. I'd say Nine Irish Brothers is a really good spot down there, um, and we would always go to uh to another broken egg cafe for for breakfast that that was our breakfast spot uh my senior year tommy loose and i would always go we'd, we'd hang out with uh 
with uh, the, the lady that was sitting at the bar and, and she basically knew our orders by heart. We were there all the time. So um, if you're ever there and you need some, some really good breakfast, you, you better go to another Broken Egg. It's a great spot. I'm sure I'll find my way back to West Lafayette at some point, you know, once we can get out of the house a little bit, definitely yeah. check it out. Uh, Ryan, appreciate your time, man. Uh, it's been awesome. I had fun reflecting on some, not only Purdue highlights, but, you know, Big Ten Conference legendary moments with you. I uh, hope you take care and good luck in, in your career outside of sports, man. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. I had, had a great time talking, man. Hopefully do it sure. again. Absolutely. All right. Thanks once again to Ryan for joining the show. Really appreciate him jumping on. Always interesting to hear from somebody who has stepped away from the game, you know, especially when they, they could have kept going. He probably could have played overseas. Um, got a shot, you know, somewhere in the ranks of professional basketball, but decided to step away. And it was uh, just interesting to hear what he's been up to and how he's reflected on what was such a memorable end to his career and, and four years, really, on some memorable teams at Purdue. Thanks again to him. One more note before we sign off. I do want to acknowledge the passing of Illinois' Lou Henson. If you're listening to this when the episode comes out on Thursday, July 30th, uh, this episode is being recorded on the 29th, so the day that Henson's passing was announced in the media um passed away over the weekend i believe on july 25th but if you followed this show um from the beginning lou was an early guest on the show he took the time to sit down with me when i think we have fewer than 10 episodes on the books on take 10 podcast and just sat down for about an hour and even though he was pretty old and frail at that point he still was happy to be there and, and was more than happy to give me the time of day, which is not something you can obviously say for every Hall of Fame basketball coach at that level to sit down with a then 23-year-old and grant them an interview. Um, so, you know, not only was Lou a legend in college basketball and especially for the University of Illinois, but it was cool to have that, that uh, interaction with him in the later stages of his life. So obviously, condolences to his family, friends, uh, Illinois basketball fans, but I just wanted to definitely acknowledge a friend of the program and a friend of college basketball fans everywhere in Lou Henson. So thanks again, Lou. All right, before we wrap up, I just want to let people know we'll have a couple more episodes dropping before the end of the summer. Obviously, right now, we don't really know um, status of college sports, but we'll continue to churn out content as we go along. So expect a couple more episodes before we get into September here and hope for the best as far as sports resuming uh, safely and um, as completely as possible. So stay tuned and thanks as always everyone for listening. You can subscribe to the show on podcast platforms. I believe we're on, on Spotify and Stitcher now as well. So add those to the, uh, the repertoire if you're not listening on your preferred platform right now because I know we're already on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, SoundCloud, and, and add, uh, like I said, Spotify and Stitcher to the list as well. And uh, you can also find the usually full video versions of these episodes um, on YouTube as well. Zoom has kind of revolutionized the way we can drop these episodes. So if you want to see the guests that you're hearing right now and see uh, you know their interactions, their facial, facial expressions, when they're talking to me, uh, check it out on the Big Ten Network's YouTube page or channel, and there is a subsection 
or playlist for the Take 10 podcast as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Big Ten Network's YouTube channel. You know, you get the added bonus of, of seeing me conduct these interviews. Uh, I'm sure that's a, you know, the highlight of everyone's day. All right. One more shout out to Julie Bronder, who produces the show every week before we wrap up. And just thanks again to everyone for continuing to tune in. Talk to everyone soon here on the Take 10 Podcast. Thank you.